0: Welcome to Econ Genomics Reproductive Health and Fertility Podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Econ Genomics Reproductive Health Podcast. It is my absolute pleasure to be joined by Michael Lee today. And Michael Lee, for those of you who don't know him, is an extraordinary IVF laboratory director with over 20 years of professional experience. He is highly sought after as a consultant for ART laboratories in the area of design, embryo biopsy, and PGD technologies. And it is an incredible privilege to be able to work closely with Mike, not only with, with his practice, but also in in working to introduce non-invasive PGTA to embryologists throughout the U.S. and and into different areas of the world. So I'm very, very excited to talk to Mike today, not just about his experience in the IVF industry, but also specifically about his experience with non-invasive PGTA, or or NICS as, as Econ calls it, and to hear a bit about what he's learned about the technology and how it applies to clinical practice. And what he's done in his laboratory to really perfect the techniques required to have a, a successful experience or successful clinical experience with Nix and with the non-invasive PGTA. So thank you for joining us today, Mike.
1: Thank you for the very kind introduction. Um, I do have one little correction. I've actually been an IVF lab director for 32 years, which I guess is over uh-huh. 20, technically. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, it, uh, technically I guess that's over twenty right uh, so, yeah. it is
1: it is indeed yeah um so just a little background so um <clears throat> I got my bachelor's uh of science from the University of maryland uh and then my master's at the University of Pennsylvania in their division of reproductive biology um i'm Board certified by the American Board of Bioanalysts which is a certifying body for uh, reproductive scientists in human IVF. I have all sorts of letters after my name that to the common person look really funny. Uh, um, One of them is ELB (laughs) which means that I am a certified embryology laboratory director. I also have a TS, which is a technical supervisor, a TC, which is a technical consultant, a BLM, which a bioanalyst laboratory manager, and a GS as a general supervisor. Now, all of these things fit in with uh, a CLIA requirement, which is the federal law that covers all laboratories. And each lab has to have a designated person in all of these categories. Um, So, hence my certifications that I've acquired over the years. Um, It really makes for a funny looking signature. Um, I also (laughs) have a New York State uh, license because I did spend uh, six years directing a lab in New York. I have... 27 postgraduate lectures and presentations under my belt. Um, I've been doing PGS and PGD for 21 years, which would be surprising to people because most people think it hasn't been around that long, but it has. Um, I have 19 articles in peer reviewed journals, um, 23 abstracts. I tend to write about things that I care about. Um, I'm not the most prolific author in the world, but I do try and get things out there to people that I think is going to be useful to the IVF community. Mm. Um, and I, several years ago, 2003, I guess there's more than several now, um, I started my own consulting company uh, called Seacoast Art Labs Consulting. Um, and that was part of... Uh, when i initially got into the whole pgd community or pgta or you know there are lots of acronyms now <clears throat> um and i actually went out and did embryo biopsies for other people's laboratories and it was a great experience because i got to travel to lots of laboratories all over the country and a lot, a lot of them were my friends who uh, ran the laboratories to do biopsies and to train them to do biopsies. Uh, That was back in the day of, um, you know, multi-cell biopsy. So it was a little different. So you had to fix the cells, et cetera. But anyway, that's old history. Um, In terms of my- That's amazing. Yeah. (laughs) So it was really one of the best things I ever did. It was (laughs) very hard not being sort of a day-to-day lab director like I had been for so many years, but- um, you really learn a lot from other people yeah. and how they do things. And it really enriched my experience As after I got back into um, full-time day-to-day lab directing uh, in terms of you know, bringing in things from, from other labs and, and basically looking at how other people did things and saying, gee, you know, that's better than the way I do it. You know, let's do it that, yeah. that way.
0: Yeah, you know, and I I agree with you, a hundred percent. You know, it's, it's fascinating you, you you say that. You know, with the the ability that you've had to get out and and be a consultant and work in all of these other clinics, like the the knowledge that you must have been able to gain from that probably is right up there with the knowledge you gain from adding all of the all of the initials to your signature. You know, it's, <laughs> it probably all is uh equally equally beneficial, and and that and to me. Is, is one of the things that I have really enjoyed working with you, it, it, an, an aspect of what I've really enjoyed about working with you is in, in talking and working with you to talk to other clinics and, and helping teach other clinics about their, about, about your experience with, with NICS and the implementation of non-invasive PGTA. It's, it's been really interesting to see what other clinics are doing versus what you're doing and and helping and watching you help other clinics learn some of the intricacies about what you've discovered and I I think it's so important to have that kind of collaborative environment not just with with Nix but in 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 everything that we're doing and that's why I really enjoyed working with you because you can really tell it's not just a it's not just a something you're setting out to do but something that you really love and you enjoy that collaborative environment and so I've 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 really enjoyed that aspect of, of working with you and I can obviously tell if that's part of your bio, It's something you're, you're very passionate about, so that, that, I think that it's a, it, it's a real testimony to why you've been so successful, is because you, you care about the success that other people are having too, so I think that's awesome.
1: Yeah, it, it's very interesting because I think somewhere, maybe in my next career, or my next life or something, I, I think maybe I was kind of meant to be a teacher um, and I, I really, I, I just really do enjoy um, not only teaching people things or new things or, or, you know, this is how I do it, how do you do it, but I really enjoy getting feedback from people. And, and certainly there are a lot of really smart people in this field and a lot of people that I have a great yeah. deal of respect for. Um, and, you know, there's never been a time when I've gone into any consulting job and not learned probably as much as i've i've taught and that's really the value in it so i mean and and my my econ experience has been one of those things it's really been a, a great huge learning experience for me um and i you know, one of the great things about being a lab director is that you get to look at all the new technologies out there and all the new companies and all the new things that are coming into our industry. And and there's a lot. And you get to sort of assess them and you get to look at it and you say, gee, you know, that seems really interesting. Or gee, that seems like it could help my clinic. And more importantly, It could help the patients. And, you know, at the end of the day, that's why I get up and go to work every day, because I really, really truly believe that these patients need help. Hmm. So, you know, I set out with Econ, just like I set out with all new things that I bring into my lab, I set out to um, get the system to work in my lab right? Because that's, at the end of the day, what really matters for our patients. So I have the, the luxury of having a, a, a fair number of embryos that have been donated to research that are frozen. <clears throat> and not only that, since I've been doing PGS for a long time, a lot of these embryos have been diagnosed with, I'll call it traditional PGTA technologies, which is biopsy. Um, And I was able to uh, thaw 51 embryos so far Um, and 31 of those I got to send off to the lab that did the original diagnosis and have them look at the whole embryo chromosome complement. So basically, we were looking at that. I already had the biopsy data and I modified slightly, again, to fit my laboratory, the econ protocol, and I'll talk about the protocol in a minute, Um, and all these embryos, cultured them, took the culture media, took the whole embryo, sent them off and looked at, okay, What do we get back? Uh, And the data has just been fascinating for me because when you look at the whole embryo, if you're gonna look at that and say, okay, this is the the gold standard, this is the truth um, in in terms of that data, and then you look at the media, and then you look at the biopsies, it's very interesting because, (coughs) excuse me, the concordance between the overall diagnosis. So, And and for me, I'm trying to look at this a little differently, not in individual chromosomes or so much, okay, is this one mosaic and that one mosaic? I'm really trying to look at how would this affect the patient? What would I do with this embryo? What is the clinical diagnosis is, is the way I termed it. And for that, the concordance with the Econ data and the culture media using the Malbec technology, which is something else we'll talk about, um, was 87% with the whole embryo, meaning that 27 out of those 31 samples had the same clinical outcome. But when I went back and looked at the biopsy data with the whole embryo, the concordance was only 72%. So we've got a 13% difference in a very small sample, right? It's it's a a pretty
0: staggering difference.
1: It's a very staggering difference. And it was quite shocking to me and also the clinicians I work with. So, um, you know, it's like, whoa. And the, the thing that was really staggering about it was that there were several embryos in that group that, were diagnosed by the biopsy as being abnormal and the whole embryo and the media said that they were normal and that was very sobering for us because you know you can read about it and you can hear it and you can hear people in journal clubs and you can look at papers and you can you can say oh gee you know that that embryo was misdiagnosed oh that's terrible But when it happens in your own clinic, in your own lab, it's a very different thing. And for us, those few embryos that have been diagnosed as abnormal with biopsies that weren't abnormal was a really sobering thing for us. And that has led us to look at First of all, <clears throat> what have we been doing all these years? <laughs> and second of all, right. is there a better way? Right. And I think just by looking at the data that we have so far, and we plan on getting more data because we have more embryos that have been donated for research, um, and um, you know, making sure that we're doing the right thing for the patients, which is not misdiagnosing embryos. And I think the strength of this technology is the Malbec and the fact that, you know, unlike the traditional PGTA, you know, we're not making copies of copies of copies of copies of the DNA, but we're taking the original DNA and making a copy from the original each time. And that, to me, right. seems to be a huge difference. And I'm not sure if that was- Yeah, under- I I agree. Oh, look, I look, agree look, with look, you look,
0: completely, look, and that's- <laughs> what was that? oh.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure if that's the best way of putting it, but I think- Yeah, no, I... hmm. it, that's, it absolutely is. I think that it's- um...
0: I think I think it's, it's something really important to highlight because obviously there's been for, for years, there's been discussions of, of introducing a, a non-invasive pgta or a better pgta to to the market specifically a, a non-invasive one that that does exactly what you're saying that is going to enable clinicians to 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 have, to find more euploid embryos and and ultimately lead to a better patient outcome and and it's, it's with, with Econ, it is the, the Malbach amplification technology that makes the difference. Because when you're, when you're working with, let's say, with, with regular PGTA, for example, and you're biopsying cells, you're getting whole cells. So you're, you're getting, in each of those cells, you're getting a whole copy of the genome. So, so it, makes it, it makes it easier to, to do amplification. And even if your amplification technology has a, uh, a high allele dropout rate, when you're getting whole cells, you know you 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 ultimately have more DNA, so it's easier to work with, and there's a lot more room for for error. With non-invasive PGTA, you know when you're when you're using DNA that's in the culture media, there the DNA is so highly, the DNA is so highly fragmented, and it's 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 a very low amount, a small amount of DNA, and it's very highly fragmented. So so that means that. If you have an amplification technology that isn't able to work with such a small amount of DNA and that during the amplification process will lose significant parts of the genome through amplification, which is what current technologies do, then you're not going to be able to use the DNA in the culture media. But it's because of Econ's technology, the Malbuck, that it is making copies of the original DNA through the PCR process. That's what makes the difference, because when you get to the end and you get the amplification product, you, you have a, a higher coverage of the genome. You're not missing parts of the genome. And so it enables us to, to use that small amount of DNA to get a real true picture of the embryo. And it's, it's what's enabled us to implement this in, you know, in, in areas throughout the world, whereas it's been a struggle for, for a lot of other people to do so. And it's, it is really that underlying technology that makes the difference
1: right and, and sort of going back to what I said in the beginning i i um, I really like to to do things that make sense right and and this makes sense to me I mean in terms of why it works and why it is better than the current technology so for me um, you know it's it's kind of my my overall management strategy for my lab, is to make things as easy as possible. And easy mostly for the embryologists, right? Because they work really hard. I don't have a big staff. So anything that I can do to make their life easier and make all of the techniques in my lab, I constantly refine them to make them more repeatable and easier so that if i have a new person come in it's very easy to train them and it's very easy for them to get good results very quickly so what i did with the the yikan information and the and the method for using culture media to get dna was I, I kind of took the original protocol and I distilled it and made it into something that would work for my lab and my embryologist. And so I, I simplified it for lack of a better term um, into what I feel like is a, is a very sort of compact methodology that has for us been repeatable it's easy and it gets results right all the things I want from every protocol in my lab <laughs> excuse me
0: right so um right if you can't yeah. if, can, if you can't if you can't teach others to easily use it then it's not very useful so I I, I agree I think what you've created is, is very simple and streamlined
1: exactly and that's that's really what I was aiming for um, and and also again, you know, embryologists are no different than anyone else. You know, everyone was resistant to change. So I I needed to present it to them in a way that was like, look, this is easier than what we do now. You know, we're not lasering cells off of embryos, right? Like just thinking about that, you know, whether there's 300 cells in the embryo or not, if you're introducing a laser to cut cells off of An embryo, and then you're taking the cells, and you have to wash them, you have to move them, you have to tube them. There's a lot of chance for error, and um, there's also, you know, sort of that overreaching thing that all embryologists have is no one wants to do anything bad to an embryo. Like our whole training, all of our lives, the thousands
0: of embryos,
1: like nobody wants to take a laser and cut cells off of an embryo. Like it doesn't make sense. Right, so, for, so to me, it was like, okay, this doesn't make sense anymore. There's gotta be something better. And I truly believe that using the non-invasive technique is better. And so I'm really interested to get the data because there's all sorts of possibilities here, right? There's all sorts of possibilities in getting information. We can get information on embryos with (coughs) NICs that we have not ever gotten information on with biopsy.
0: You're right. You're absolutely right.
1: So there's a lot bigger chance to, first of all, have more embryos for patients. (coughs) Excuse me. There's a lot more chance to... Uh, have more normal embryos for patients, and there's a lot more opportunities for patients to get pregnant. And really, at the end of the day, that's what we're you know that's what we're here for. So I'm really excited about it. I I, I really um, I, I really think it's it's a sea change in the way that we do clinical IVF. Yeah, I, you know, I I had
0: a couple other questions I was going to ask you about what you see the implications of this are for both the IVF lab and for patients, but you took the words right out of my questions right out of my mouth. So <laughs> you, you, I think, I think that just that it's a it, you're right. It, it is a sea change for 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 patients and for the IVF labs as well, and and for clinicians. I mean, it it really is. It, it's it's a it's a technology that is allowing that is going to lead to more patients getting pregnant and also it like you said with with everything that you just laid out with what happens to an embryo during the biopsying process it removes all of that from the IVF lab so it actually allows it, it frees up time it it removes human error and it allows the embryologists and the IVF lab to really focus on on more important aspects of of the whole embryology process rather than having to worry about making mistakes on biopsy or, or being able to biopsy the the embryos. And, and ultimately I think it, it it opens up a whole new world of possibilities, like you said, for, for the clinics, for clinicians, for the the embryologists, for patients. And, and that's really been our goal in this whole process is to, to change, change the world for everybody and, and ultimately lead to fulfilling more dreams for, for, people who have not been able to have kids. And so I think that this is a, it's really exciting to to have you involved in this and to get your your expert feedback on this and, and everything that you've done with, with simplifying these protocols and, and sharing them with other clinics. It's really made a significant impact. And so I, I just am very appreciative to you for, for all you've done and for, for all of your insight into this.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I think as I, as I started in the beginning, I, I really... Um, I I believe in this technology. I believe it's better. Um, You know, in 10 years when we have lots and lots of data, you know, hopefully, um, you know, we'll prove that it's better. To me, it makes sense that it's better, which which for me is, is a big part of understanding it. And if I can understand something, then it's much easier for me to go forward with it because these patients, um, you know, they they need advocates, right? I, I have to advocate for our patients. I have to do what I think is best for our patients, and for me, I have to be. I have to have proof. Um, I'll give you another quick example and then and then maybe we could wrap up because I'm rambling on too long but' sure. um, oh, no problem no. just about every day or every week, I have a company come to me that has um, a different culture media or culture media that's been improved or culture media that has changed in some way and they all come to me and say, "We want you to try our culture media and Sometimes I discuss it with my staff, and I say, okay, let's try media XYZ, (coughs) excuse me. And so we set up a trial, and we split our embryos in each case between the trial media and our control media. And I've done this over the years, and I'm not exaggerating, at least 25 times. And we'll go through several hundred embryos, and then we'll look at the data. And invariably, so far, I have not found a culture media that is demonstrably better than the culture media that I've been using for the past 15 years. Um, And every company comes back to me and says, but, so-and-so in this lab or so-and-so in that lab started using our media and their pregnancy rates went up. And I say to them, that's great. That's fantastic. I'm really happy for them. I'm really happy for their patients. But in my lab, it didn't make any difference. And unless you can show me a difference, I'm not gonna introduce it to my lab. And so far, just with the, you know, the amount of data that I have, Econ has shown me a difference. And so that's why I'm that's awesome. so excited about it. You know, I'm really, yeah. really excited about using it and, and offering it to our patients and and making things better for our patients.
0: No, that's, it's, it's so... Exciting and encouraging to hear because that's what our whole goal in all of this is in the first place is Is making things better for for patients and it's awesome to see that you've Seen that firsthand And we're we're greatly looking forward to working with you and your practice to improve the outcomes of the patients as you just said and And to continue to expand this throughout the world and I expect to change the lives of I expect that we will be changing the lives of patients all over the world very very quickly so so thank you for, for your contribution in, in everything that you're doing, Mike. And, and thank you so much for taking the time to, to talk with me about all of this today. And I expect this will be the first of, of many conversations as, as we continue to roll this out in, in clinical practice.
1: Yeah, it really, I mean, it, it truly is my pleasure because I think this is something that, that needs to get out there. It needs to be taught. It, it needs to uh, get the every clinic in the world, as far as I'm concerned, because it's, it's better. <laughs> That's all I'll say. It's just so, better. Yeah,
0: I, I agree. You know, we, we have on, on our podcast, we get, we get an audience from clinicians, embryologists, uh, and patients as well. So if we for, for patients who are listening to this podcast and listening to your interview and, and might be from, from your area in, in Massachusetts, How would they get in touch with you and your clinic if they're interested in in working with you guys?
1: Um, Well, uh, the name of uh, my clinic is Fertility Solutions. um, And our main office and laboratories are centered in Dedham, Massachusetts, which is just a a little south of Boston. Um, And we do have a website uh, it's Fertility Solutions NE for NewEngland.com. Uh, we currently have several offices, so you don't have to be in the Dedham area to see us. We have offices in Providence and Cambridge and uh, on the North Shore, and <clears throat> we're pretty much spread around the area, so uh, you would only need to come to Dedham if you were having an IVF procedure. So um, <clears throat> yes, you can find us that way. If a patient would like to get in touch with me directly, I do a lot of patient patient consults and talk to them about various things. Um, but I will actually <clears throat> give you my office number. And I, if anyone has a questions, I, I would encourage you to call me and I'd be happy okay. to talk to you. Um, so it is. The area code is 781 and then it's 2342914. So if you would like to talk to me, please give me a call. I'd be happy to to chat with you.
0: Great. Well, thank you for sharing that, Mike. I I really appreciate it, really appreciate it. And again, thank you for your time this morning. And I look forward to talking to you again soon. Great. Thank you for tuning in. To get started today with Non-Invasive PGTA, please visit www.noninvasivepgta.com.